Yeah, he's won an Oscar for like most of the movies he's done, minus the first two Batman. Christopher Nolan. <laughs> right. I don't know how he didn't. I don't get think that's I don't... sound design. Wait, oh, he well, he wait. didn't win that. Christopher Nolan's not in the sound booth with a cabbage <laughs> hitting it with a hammer. Kev, you understand what I'm saying. His films, I do. His films win awards. So wait, um, did, 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 did the Kev third like, Batman <laughs> get an award, but not the second one? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Well, the second, the second one the second got one. a uh, fairly, uh, like, an acting award. <laughs> it got a big acting award for old Heath Ledger. Sure <laughs> got, did, yeah. Got a big old trophy uh, R.I.P. post Hume. But yeah, that's Christopher Nolan is he's he's not my favorite guy in the world. But the things that he does as a filmmaker, he does better than anyone else on the planet right now. There's just these perf. He's so there's a scene in the Tenet trailer where someone uh, Clements Posey is showing uh, John David Washington, like, this backwards time thing that we still don't really know anything about, and the way that, like, he's firing a gun, but the bullets are re-entering the gun, and he, Nolan is the best in the fucking world at taking these outsized, weird sci-fi concepts and distilling them down in a way that everyone's mom can understand it in the theater. Like, no one You would is... say that's true about Inception? Yeah! Inception... Inception should be the worst movie ever made. Inception should be complete garbage. It should be unfollowable. It should be too dense and heady for its own good. But you can follow every step of the way to the point where in the climax you are watching four different like timeline levels playing out at different speeds and you're like i perfectly understand what's happening right now and that shouldn't be shouldn't happen <laughs> by god's law that should not be but but he defied our lord and made a movie that makes sense it's not my favorite movie in the entire world no, it's an no. infinite it's a watchable fucking movie and Sorry. it should be garbage and it isn't and that's and that's Nolan, his entire career. It yeah. should be garbage, but it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good. That's a nice tagline. He should use the that. Core, it the should be garbage, conceit. but it isn't. Yeah. I, when the I write the book of on his first Nolan. big movie being, what if a guy had short term memory loss, and then we cut the story of him having short term memory loss into short chunks, so that it makes the viewer have short term memory loss. That's either a an incredible idea that's nigh impossible to pull off or a tremendous flop. And it somehow happens to be the first one Which and one not is? the second Memento? one. Memento? Memento. Yeah, I not his, not his, not his first movie, but his first big his first, like, breakthrough po- movie. Yeah, population grabbing movie. It's like It's like how you can watch Popularity Wes Anderson's movie. first movie and you can kind of see the Wes Anderson and then you watch Wes Anderson's second and third movie and you're like, there it is. Like, All right, uh, found it. There it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. I found uh, it. Yeah. It's kind of it, like, well, it's interesting because like, you know, with like Wes Anderson, it's like Wes Anderson does not exist without his fucking DP. Like, I don't remember his name. But the guy that squares up all those shots, like, on all of his movies, that is Wes Anderson's aesthetic. Same thing goes for whoever the fuck is Edgar Wright's editor. Like, that dude, whoo! Uh, that dude is there, Yeah, there have been a few. I think all of those have used different uh, people. But, yeah, Edgar Wright's editing team. And then Edgar Wright, at Scott Pilgrim, decides, you know who should shoot my movies? The guy that shot The Matrix. And so he got Bill Pope 
to to be the cinematographer for his movies and you're like right i get why you would want to get the matrix guy to do your crazy action comedy movies that makes a hundred perfect sense it makes a perfect sense oh wait i get this (laughs) This okay 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 I get this one. I get this one. I get this one. Uh, yeah, I was. I was just. I mean, my favorite movies of all time. Like my five favorite movies of all time are directed by Edgar Wright. And so there's these just quotes that pop up in my life over and over. The greatest joke in Shaun of the Dead is when an old British man who was bitten by a zombie says, "It's fine, Barbara. I ran it under a cold tap," which is <laughs> this beautiful distillation of that kind of guy. That like cold tap water if you were injured in war but you poured cold tap water on it you'd be fine uh so so is that a bill nighy line that's a bill nighy line baby also who Uh, deliver that fucking line than bill fucking nighy bill fucking nighy i remember first time i watched the film adapt film adaptation of uh hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy with fucking martin Martin Freeman, Freeman? an unbelievable cast. A beautiful um, cast. Oh my god, who played Ford Prefect? Uh, Most Deaf. You had that that movie had Alright, so let's let's run down the cast of the Hitch. Yeah, uh, Sam Rockwell, uh, Thomas Lennon, Bill Nye, John John Malkovich. Okay. John, Helen Mirren. It, the list do go on and on. It's on and on. But I remember first time watching it. Speaking of Bill Nye, just watching Bill Nye, and it was just like he's he's just on a different planet. That guy, like he really is. God damn, so he's so good. His, okay, this is the this might be my hottest take yet. His fucking Davy Jones is incredible. Oh, it's unbelievable. Oh, it's so good. It. It's so no, no, good. So Bill Nye is Davy Jones. If you if you remove Davy Jones from those pirates two and three, or you like even cast a different guy, they are unwatchable. But you, they are absolute shit. But if you put Davy Jones in there, you're like, "Mm, no, I'm gonna wait and see what this movie's up to. I'm gonna try and get on this movie's wavelength. It's it's like I will sit past the I've got a jar of dirt for (laughs) Davy Jones. Playing the organ with his goddamn tentacles. It's brilliant. I will sit through the second Pirates movie, which spends an hour getting Jack Sparrow on the team. But I will sit through it because you have fucking Davy Jones running around. I'll sit through it. You put him in any movie. (laughs) His, His Scottish pirate accent coupled with his weird, like, pops and clicks. Like, do you feel... What a circumstances. This it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, never leave on the ship. It's so good. I need to watch this movie again. I fucking forgot how much I loved it. Uh, They they had the uh, a daunting task. I wouldn't wish on anyone, which is we need to replace Jeffrey Rush from the first Pirates movie, who is so again on another level. In the first Eric, Pirates movie, Eric as Barbosa is big pirate dick energy. <laughs> it's so like if you can if you can find me a better blockbuster action movie moment than when Davy Jones steps into the moonlight, turns into a skeleton, and says, "You better start believing in ghost stories, cause you're in one." Yeah, I meant Barbosa, oh, but I was oh. on a roll. There's no turning that sentence back at that back. point. You can't, you can't. <laughs> 
Not you. I named the Monkey Jack. Jack. It's just like so good. It's oh, I named the Monkey Jack. I forgot about that. Uh, I'm gonna rewatch. Um, Are they on Netflix still? Uh, yes. No. They're Disney they're, Plus. Yeah, they're definitely on the old D plus. D plus. On the old D plus. Now it's gonna be on. Yeah, they're on the old DP. Um, they're uh, you can you can find them on the old DP plus. That makes it so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> I meant director of photography. What were you two talking about? What were you talking? About? Okay, so funny anecdotal story. I think this guy listens to the show, but my buddy was 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 stepping into the director of photography chair on a film set for the first time and he posts on Facebook I'm gonna DP for the first time tomorrow. Oh no and everyone oh, no. was like uh good uh, for you bud uh good luck right <laughs> and eventually someone was like and he was like oh Edit. I meant director of photography. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Uh, just, just the initial like, yeah, I'm so excited, and then the reaction and people being like, "Yo, did you mean that?" And then, then them being like, mean "What? Oh no!" <laughs> it's so funny. I also I think about just like the names of the roles in um in like on a film set because they're all hilarious to me. Like, Best the boy. That- I'm that's, the that's best boy. boy. The best, <laughs> I am the best boy. Hello, I'm also, the best there's also, boy. There's also just Rip, which sounds like a bad DC comic superhero. Um, you know? Rip. Um, what is Rip's superpower? He's got big hands. <laughs> big hands. He can rip. He grip. <laughs> I don't fucking know. They call him yeah, Ken Grip. <laughs> grip is one of those iconic comic book moments where you introduce a team of like six people only to immediately kill them off. It's one of those moments. Well, they're like, hey, let's test out these new characters and none of them take off. So they just can the team. Yeah, no, for sure. I'll have an accidental Deadpool uh, X-Force moment. Maybe you end up yeah. with one good spin yeah. out. Right. Grip is in one issue in 1993, but was some <laughs> seven-year-old's favorite character. So 20 years later, when that person is writing comics, they bring back Grip in a big, bad way. And suddenly, yeah. it's all about Somehow Grip, baby. Because the kid had such a passion for this character, and he's had 24 years to de- develop this character. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. And sometimes those stories are incredible, and sometimes they are the least readable 13-year-old bullshit you've ever read in your entire <laughs> life. And there's only two There's only two extremes. There's no, there's middle, no ground. middle ground. There's, there's no there's, middle there's ground. Very, like, I would be hard-pressed to be like, hey, go, go, uh, this is a challenge to anybody. Well, not now, because you can't really do this because COVID. But, like, if this wasn't <laughs> happening, I would challenge any listener to go to a comic book store and walk up to the front desk and be like, hey, can you show me the most mediocre, medium level <laughs> comic book possible? They'd be like, it doesn't exist. There's either really good or major stinkers. I don't know, Kevin, you've worked at a comic book store. I worked at a comic book store. I could, I had my own, I'm not, I'm not here to air any comic book hot takes, uh, especially in the wake of like massive DC Comics layoffs. Uh, oh but I, yeah. I could find you the most medium comics I've ever read. I it, it could be done. I guarantee most of them star either Batman or Spider-Man. 
not because those that are bad sense, characters, but because so there's exactly, the most of them. So they are all at both companies are always running a minimum of three books starring those characters. Right. By but law of stuff. averages, some of right. them are right. medi- are <laughs> lukewarm tap up, water. Because you're comparing it too. I mean, look, I, my favorite Batman run right is like New Fifty Two Court of Owls, and honestly, very, very popular, honestly, beloved. The entire New 52 run Scott Snyder is just fabulous. There, there are moments, but it's just... It's very good. It's very good. That, that, that book Batman. was so good, it was the only New 52 book that was allowed to continue. It was the right. only New 52 book that was not immediately pulled and shot behind the barn. They let that <laughs> one keep going. I didn't even think about it like that. Oh, yeah, dude, I, every other bit of New 52 was like... Maybe we should have done a little more thinking here's, about this. Here's a test that I, I would like to run for both of you right now before we introduce uh-huh. ourselves as Advanced Community Studies, a podcast about the television show Community. Okay, there were 52 books that launched as a part of the new 52, right? right. Name me a second iconic one. Iconic one? A Superman. second one that even... But that run of Superman... Oh, name the specific run from the new Fifty Two series of stories. Okay, I'm gonna tell you this. I don't. (laughs) It might might not have been New Fifty Two, but I think it was. It was the Red Hood and Arsenal run. It got thirteen issues out of it, but I don't think it was. I I don't. It was. I mean, look. The other thing is, if you put anything up against that Batman run, it sucks. Because that Batman run not only came out with a bunch of other flops, but it was exceptional. Like, better than a lot of other runs, regardless of New 52 status. So That is a lot of people's, Hmm. especially, like, younger-ish comic readers, like, that is their gold staple. Uh, And I am not even a particularly big Batman guy, but, like, that, it's undeniable. It it truly is, like, a work that is undeniable. My favorite New 52 book ran for six issues. It was called Prez, uh, and it was about a teenager that becomes president of the United States, and it was written by a person we've mentioned on the podcast before, Mark Russell. It becomes like a, a an incredible satire of our uh, overrun corporate system, uh, and it was uh, it was phenomenal. So if you have a chance I to pick up Prez, pick up Prez. Speaking of it another... was Hellboy. That was not Hellboy. <laughs> uh, Hell Hellraiser. Constantine. Wasn't that in the New 52? It was. What happened in that? <laughs> tell me tell me the iconic <laughs> stories from that era of Constantine, please. No, none. A show got sprouted out of it, and the show was good and then got canceled. The yeah, show was good. I just good. The, actually doing that rewatch of that. I just said I wasn't going to drag DC Comics right now. That's... <laughs> oh, well, well, that's not even a drag, though. That's just if like... One cannot bring up New 52 and... In good faith, then not drag DC. It was comics. like it was like nine years ago. Like, how long am I supposed to let that sit? The statute you know of limitations mean? has passed. You are quite okay. It's been a right. long time. You've made it out free. You can you can admit to doing something, and you won't get arrested anymore. Thank that, you, thank you. Oh, thank that, God! The comics police yeah. will not show up. <laughs> Batman, the, the ultimate comics. sky cop, will not arrest me for my crimes. There was there was a run. Okay, Tony, you can rest now. <laughs> There, oh, Caleb. <laughs> there was a run of a sh- of a of a comic that uh, DC released that I absolutely loved, uh, and I still to this day do not understand why they did what they did with it. There was a run. <laughs> of, Welcome to comics. 
Right. There was, there, uh-huh. there was a run called uh, We Are Robin. Did y'all read that? It was We like, Are Robin was, is cool. We Are Robin it's, is dope. It started out amazingly. Like, it had this, like, massive POC team. It was, like, super cool. I mean, I'm also a huge Robin geek. Like, I love Robin. Like, I love cool sidekicks. Yeah. I love sidekicks. And the whole idea of We Are Robin was all these just regular kids that were inspired by the idea of like being an individual and the the little guy. And it was just like this kind of solidarity comic of all these people that wore like the colors. And to me, it wasn't a uniform. It was like they were all coordinated. Oh, it was so sick and like really cool stuff. And then they got like six issues in and then they switched the team on it, which I didn't understand. The creative team? Yeah, the creative team on it they switched, which I don't know why because the team that started was fabulous and then, comics. <laughs> let me uh comics. let me google and then, it and then, let me see if and, i can tell you uh, yeah, so why based on it, whose name is on going it into the the whole robin wars crossover event which i was excited for and then ultimately a little bit let down by uh i still have that's every indivi- i have every individual issue of robin wars because at the time i was still buying individual issues and i have them all but yeah no it was just wild it was just None of those. Uh, I was I was checking to see if one of those names was like a a, a, a field of red flags, but it wasn't. So I I don't know. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, it was not like if you see like Ethan Van Scriver's name over there, you're like, oh, I know why <laughs> they weren't on the book anymore. Uh, this is of course Advanced Community Studies, a podcast <laughs> where we look at the American television sitcom community uh, episode by episode, sometimes two at a time. I am oh. one of your hosts. TV's Kevin Lanigan, and I've been offered a lot of soft serve by a lot of guys. Sometimes it's Chili Peckers tickets, and one time, I will admit, it was a gym bag full of nickels. But it's always the same, and they never (laughs) change. (laughs) Can I point out that Kev accidentally said Chili Peckers? Chili Peckers! Hello! Yeah, that's my uh, burlesque (laughs) tribute band to the Red Hot Chili Peppers is the Red Hot Chili Peckers! And we wear little uh, vanity sleeves that shape like chili peppers. (laughs) TM, TM, TM. TM, TM, TM. Trademark. Trademark. Copyright. TV's Kevin Lanigan, 2020. My name is, of course, Jace. I use they, them pronouns. And uh, I'm feeling sexy today, so you can call me Laser Disc. Sound thick. Laser. Sound sexy. Say real quick, I'm really proud of us for talking about comic books instead of comic book movies this time. Yes, I think yeah. we're on a good path. The source material. <laughs> I'm always down to talk comic books. I am Caleb, the daddy host. And uh, I guess this episode, I'm I'm Jeff. I'm like uh, Britta's boyfriend. <laughs> That's right. Everyone listening at home, they're boyfriends. Jeff wait, and Britta are boyfriends. Wait, I can't find my bra. Screw you, Abed. <laughs> uh, excellent. It sounds like we're just we're just segueing right into our discussion, which is excellent because we are uh, we're 20 minutes into this recording. Uh, First episode on the docket, season two, episode 12, Asian Population Studies, directed by Anthony Russo, written by Emily Cutler. Uh, When Jeff gets jealous of Rich, uh, the study group decides to stage a mixer to decide who will be the new member of the study group. Spoilers, it is no one. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> but uh, Shirley gets back with her ex-husband, and Jeff learns how to be a better man. <laughs> in oh. quotation, in quotation marks. As good of a man as Jeff Winger can ever be, hey, which is, uh, let's say, a mid-level man. He didn't yeah, say good go. man, he just said better. A better frankly. man. And it's like, you know, when you're Jeff Winger, bar, but... there's a lot of room for improvement. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jeff Winger as a character that I get to follow on TV. As a man, I loathe him. I find him yeah, reprehensible. Sure. <laughs> hey, look, like, like any good villain in a reality TV show... You hate them, but they make good television. He's just compelling. There's just something Ooh. about him that I'm like, I do want to see this guy's next adventure, don't I? <laughs> I want to see what they get up to next. What are they going to do next? Yeah, sure. Wow. sure, sure yeah, sure, sure. I, I'm loving the return of Rich. Uh, big fan. Uh, not necessarily of Rich, but uh, uh, big fan of the dynamic that he brings to the show. And brings out of Jeff. I think this is it for Rich. I think we're done with Rich after this. Really? Yeah, I, this might be the... Look, hey, I mean, Greg he did Kramer. go out on a high note. After all, I mean, kettle corn is a fun time snack. It's a fun time <laughs> kettle snack. Kettle corn, that's it's a fun time snack. snack. <laughs> all right. So, uh, let, let, in this, yeah, it's Rich's final appearance. Third right. episode uh, out of three. So let me, let me nice uh, just job. posit something uh, in Rich's final episode. That guy's a serial killer, right? That guy's an American <laughs> psycho, right? Because you can uh, go yeah. either way. There are two options. He either A, is a is comedic device and is genuinely as good and, and uh, uh, you know, prolific as he claims to be. The other option is that he is Patrick Bateman's younger brother. There are two options. Permission to get real heady with this? Okay, so um, here's my question. My- James didn't wait for us to say yes at all. Permission <laughs> to get heady? Dope and just dove in. You Why would we? Kevin, no. Kevin gave the proceed hand. The Why would I? Of- Why would we suddenly stop allowing ourselves to go on insane? I whatever you're about to do, I have something weirder coming up in this very same episode. So like, you go ahead. You I'm excited. Okay, so in the reality of community, we who is the narrator, right? Who's who's the pers- whose view is this? Shit, I love it. Let's go. Abed's perspective is Abed a reliable narrator when it comes to Rich. So if this is told through the perspective of Abed, Abed looks at this man that only does good things, right? Pushes Jeff to become a better person, makes kettle corn, makes everybody happy, and kind of turns him into this (laughs) too squeaky clean and makes you kind of question it. But as someone who is borderline sociopathic for lack of a better word himself (laughs) is it wrong to presume that abed presenting rich as this like too clean is just a matter of abed being a slightly unreliable narrator i would allow that because if we are going to go by our grand unifying theory that this is jeff's story from abed's perspective abed is the storyteller here this to to make a more interesting sitcom he would want to dial up Rich to his largest extreme to play off of Jeff's negative extreme, right? So say, you know, there is a real Rich that Abed really met outside of this universe, or, like, the real Rich is 
a friendly doctor, but through the lens of Abed and Greendale, he is a bright, shiny, friendliest Mr. Rogers neighborhood doctor. He makes Jeff (laughs) jealous, so why not portray him as the epitome of what would make Jeff jealous? Take it all the way. Yeah. Just theories, you know. I buy it. Spitballing here, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm down. I'm I, clown. I I like that. I just cannot. And and my girlfriend who was watching this episode with me posited like <laughs> he is a doctor. He doesn't have time to go to community college <laughs> for her right. funsies. Well, that's that's also the other thing. As a doctor, he also did previously in our fabulous Halloween episode. Completely did not do the doctorly thing right. and was just like, I got bit, but I'm okay because I'm a banana. Like no. No, see that was that was his that was rich flexing his white privilege. The banana said so. <laughs> banana. Yeah, I I like it. So I'm glad. Okay, I I I like that. I maintain that if Annie had continued to go out with Rich, that she would currently be dead. Uh, so that is um, that <laughs> is that is. Though, I think Annie would probably accidentally kill him first. Oh, that's, that's my theory. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think you know, not on crazy, purpose. Crazy Annie's got a gun. You know, yeah. I, I think there she lives in a bad neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just imagining Annie with what? the fucking chloroform one more time, just like ready to go to town, and they're like, Annie! And she's like, oh, who Jeff, are you? What, what does a pregnancy test look like? And it's a little thing, a little plastic thing with cloth at the end. Okay, so this is definitely a gun. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait until we can finally talk about it. Oh, uh, what, what an exquisite Shit. episode. Okay, I like this episode a lot for like being a quote-unquote normal community episode. Um, right. It's it's very strong. You know, you have a solid enough uh, Jeff and Chang plotline, like a, a, you know, an advancement of the Shirley plotline. And I think you just have these two incredible runners with Troy and with Britta that really knock this episode up into like another plane for me. Mm-hmm. Troy interrogating Andre. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, All on, those man. dead leaves I... everywhere. Nature's <laughs> Viagra. His mind is a fortress. All those pumpkins uh. rotting and the children have removed their outfits. Because they've already gotten their candy. And the way he's just like rocking back and forth. I'm going to go talk to someone else now. And then throws the Skittles. It's weird because my COVID brain now goes, not that I have COVID, but the one that's been informed by, you know what I'm saying? My COVID brain looks at him with a handful of fucking Skittles, throwing it back into the bowl. And I'm like, that is not sanitary. That is a Petri dish. Oh, when I was in high school, I had a teacher... It wasn't even high school, it was middle school. I had a teacher who was handing out Skittles as part of a math exercise. And rather than, like, tearing the corner of the bag and pouring a little bit into each person's hand, she would pour them into her hand and then hand them to the students. And when I tell you that the worst possible thing happened, she did sneeze and did cover her face with her closed palm and then tried to hand those Skittles to somebody. <laughs> I can bring my wife in here for corroboration. That happened. Those Skittles stayed in the bottom of a water bottle in my locker for the rest of the school year. Uh, as well they, they should have. I did as not touch them. As well they should have. See, Absolutely. that's what actually started the zombie outbreak in community was a <laughs> bunch of sneezed on Skittles at the bottom of a bottom of a water bottle. 
Right, a, the, a the army surplus taco meat was one thing, but, like, it was really the... It was Let's really be the honest, Skittles. y'all. It's really just sneeze Skittles. <laughs> yeah. It's a good episode. Really exciting it's, stuff. It's a just, good dang episode. Je- a great winger speech. I'm also... This is actually one of the few times where there's a Pierce line that really stands out to me, which is, as you know me, a very rare occurrence. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's the... It's mostly because of Shirley's response to it that I love it. It's because if you don't, if you vote for, if you don't, if you don't vote for him, I'll shatter your world. What did you just say to me? I'll shatter your world. And she goes, I vote for Chang. And then she goes, uh, I heard you. He goes, I, I, heard. Mm-hmm. I heard you. I vote for Chang. And he goes, no! Like a fucking child. <laughs> it's wild. Now uh, that I'm on this wagon, you can expect both this class and my penis to be more focused and ordered. <laughs> <laughs> I quit drinking, mostly because I could not maintain an erection. <laughs> you can expect both this class and my penis to be more focused and rewarding. <laughs> I, I forgot to do that for my quote at the top of the episode. The most so, Kevin, incredible bit. Your, your, your John Oliver impersonation is so spot on, and I haven't given you the credit that you deserve for it. But every time I'm just like flabbergasted. I'm like, is he here? When did where did John Kevin go? Hello, hello, John. Yeah, like any good would be comedian, I've spent time building up impressions. Unfortunately, I've put the time into John Oliver, H. John Benjamin, Patrick Warburton. Like you cannot do anything with those impressions. They're already comedians. I'm you can't like do a bit. Yeah. I'm imagining you going into SNL, being like, "Hi, this is my impersonation of Patrick Warburton," and they all go, "Um, what?" He's so- you don't. You don't have like a you don't you don't have like a Biden. You have like a Patrick Warburg. Uh, yeah. just sits there and goes, no. <laughs> well, what if? Okay, now what if uh, we? I do the Warburg and we call it Biden. Huh? Huh? Hey, yeah, uh, I was Obama's vice president. Uh, <laughs> I like feeling shoulders. <laughs> I like giving a massage. Oh, uh, gross! It's worse. It's worse. It's worse. <laughs> I will never look at Emperor's New Groove the same way again, Kevin. Uh, I didn't think it'd get worse, and then he chose Kamala Harris as a I'm I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm Joe Biden. Squeak, squeak, squeaker. <laughs> squeak, squeak, squeak. Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, that Kamala Harris Isma? A hundred percent. Sitting in an execution chamber going, throw the lever! Listen, no, I know we have a minimum of two artists that listen to this show. If one of you just wants to, like, real quick mock up <laughs> Biden, Kronk, and Kamala Yzma, you, my I eternal need, fucking I gratitude. I, I will pay you money. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Twitter, show us your stuff. Come on, Twitter, show us your stuff. Yeah, it's an art contest. Uh, Fantastic. Okay. I quote my other favorite line other than Duncan referencing his penis being focused is when Troy is trying to keep Pierce from telling Shirley. He's like, if someone had sex with Chang and gets to not remember it happened, that's that's a a gift gift from God. God. I'm not taking that from her. But then Pierce's response, which is like, here's a reason. You ever find broccoli, parsley in your teeth? 
that your friends hadn't told you about? Now imagine <laughs> that your teeth are a uterus and the parsley's a half Chinese baby. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Oh, what an excellent! I, also, I love. I also am a big fan of the very uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show esque reference when Rich first shows up in Anthropology, where she goes, where she goes, Jeff and Rich. He goes, Annie, and he goes, Rich, Annie, and it's just the names back. Brad. And forth. <laughs> yeah. also, also, another great one from the start. This one's got some really great dialogue. This is one of my favorites. Paced dialogues. I mean, just what's uh, the beginning? Where she's like, "Yeah, I was, I was v- volunteering at the river, and we clean up, you know, band aids, broken bottles, needles. needles. We found, we found the, someone's missing fingertip." And Troy goes, "Annie, why are you using the uh, the, uh, the I love uh, butterfly like butterflies voice." voice. <laughs> Ooh, someone's <laughs> finding river fingers with a cute boy. <laughs> I love it. Okay, a, a okay. few quick uh, uh, fire-offs here. There's a moment when Andre first appears. Uh, the first appearance of Andre, Malcolm Jamal Warder, uh, Pierce actor, hands him his, his... He's like, I'm finished. Uh, and Malcolm says, uh, no, you've got a few more good years. Uh, which is good. It reminds me so much. Did y'all see Knives Out? Are we on Knives Out pod? I did see Knives oh, Out. Yeah. I did like oh, it. Oh, okay. Great, great, great. There's a great moment where I forget. I for- ask her about what she thinks about immigration and yeah. whether or not people should do it correctly. And That's then a good- he proceeds to hand her his fucking plate. <sighs> that Don, I forget the character's name, but Don Johnson hands tries to hand this nurse his plate and it's such a small moment and maybe it was like the brooklyn alamo draft house that i saw this movie in but the whole crowd was like oh (laughs) amazing how like yeah i'm sure that that changed from region to region because that's one of the things i remember watching it and it i got heated that made me angry yeah specifically asked her over to use her in his argument against the more progressive side of the family saying that like they don't deserve to go to jail because they came over illegally and he's bringing her over to like prove his point (laughs) of like you guys did it right you're one of the good ones right and then gets so caught up fighting his family that he forgets that she's not a fucking servant and just turns to hand her his shit and it's like oh oh this guy is but that's exactly it. You know, he thinks of her as just this thing that's there to help. It's, ugh. ah, I got hiccup. I'm getting so in my feelings. Y'all, this is wild. There's so many recorded incidences of me getting hiccups when I get worked up on this show, which is not a thing that I realized I had in my life, but apparently it fucking is. Reverse, yeah. Apparently it fucking is. Um, also of note, this is the first appearance of Kendra with a Q-U. Uh, one of the most dependable side characters on this show who gets a uh, laughs every time she shows up. Are She's you good. Abed? I love Star Wars. That's <laughs> Troy. I love <laughs> footballs. <laughs> I spell kettle cord with a Q. <laughs> Excellent bit. Great bit. Uh, this is also the first appearance of very- Neil. The, Neo. Like, <laughs> you can, just Neil's fine. Not from an actuarial standpoint. <laughs> So fucking mean. So fucked up. So fucked up, but that perfectly sets up two episodes from now when -hmm. we're doing the Neil thing. Also, there's this great, the moment at the beginning where they're just listing people who they don't know their actual (laughs) names of. 
There's such. She goes, okay, I know a couple of those were were, were, were transformers. transformers. Oh my god. We should really start learning people's names. I agree with Brown, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. They pull that reference back up later when they do yeah. the party. Where they join that, that Abed owes a debt to that group of uh, impersonators. And so he yeah. goes to the party dressed up as Jimmy Lee Curtis. Rules. Oh, Good wild. Bit. Good bit. bit. Good uh, we we love it, folks. So this is all right. So let me let me let me dust off a little nugget that I only started nursing today because I was like watching this episode while writing an essay about Britta, like between work and when girlfriend and I were making dinner, and something occurred uh, to me sure. all in that moment. That okay. So this is the second time this season that Britta has referenced exchanging sexual favors for goods or services because she does it in accounting for lawyers right where yeah. she where where she she's like if i sleep with this guy once a year i get a timeshare time essentially <laughs> um good bit and then this episode she talks about uh exchanging you know relationships goods and services for chili peppers tickets a bag full of ne- uh nickels she shows her uh boobs to neil <laughs> she gets mezzanine concert tickets for it. mezzanine <laughs> yeah. mezzanine best line delivery of the whole episode is her indignantly uh shouting mezzanine but this got <laughs> me thinking now can either of you think of at this point in the show do we have any point of reference for how Britta is paying her bills for school or rent. Has there been oh. anything so far? I don't I don't welcome where this question's leading. I now now I I want to say before because I Because it's a place my brain's never gone and it may be a, completely it, accurate. Look, I don't think it's entirely unlikely that Britta no. is more than just pro sex worker. That is what I was uh, leading to um that I think and this is, you know, it's only based in conjecture. The real answer likely is she's a sitcom character. We don't need to know how she pays it her bills. Right. It, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. But the second but, you bring up later on in the series, you're so right, Kevin. The second you bring up the parents and how they want to give her money. But she's not taking us, She is explicitly not the viewer. It. Right. It invites the viewer to go, so then how is she getting the money? Because she's also giving... Abed money earlier on in season one. Uh-huh. In season six is the first time that I can think of that she has a job. She gets through... Uh, now, sex work is a job. I don't want that to, to come out wrong. Sex work but is real work. Sex work is real work. Should be completely legal. Um, You know, obviously, like, consensual sex work. But... Um, well, so it is it, not. There's no other kind of sex work. If it's not consensual, it's not sex work anymore. Absolutely. This is uh, why Jace Drop is the voice of reason <laughs> to say what <laughs> I cannot articulate. Sex workers are people I know personally. And, 100%. Yeah. So in season six, she runs Shirley Sandwiches, she works at a bar, and she gets a brief stint as a Honda salesman. Up until that point. <laughs> Forgot about that shit. Up until that point, I can think of little to no reference to her having a job. In fact, the only gainful... She did not make a lot of money as an anarchist in New York. The rents in New York do not ally one to have a mass amount of savings. No, but it's likely... Actually, this is actually helping your cause because 
I know there's there's like co-ops in New York, right? Where a bunch of anarchist activists and so on, they all live together under like they find a place that's really chill about being like we don't fucking care what you do. It's a bunch of space. Do whatever you want as long as we get paid, we don't care. And so a bunch of people live there and they all contribute what they can. And these are people that work odd jobs, you know. Uh, sometimes delving into sex work. She could be like posing nude. Somewhere, that's which what I'm saying. I, I don't. Working, I am like, not saying that Britta is explicitly like a prostitute in in the way that we would understand it. But is Britta above selling feet pics on the internet? Absolutely no, not. No, 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 Absolutely no. She's 100%. not. One hundred percent. She I, is Britta a server at a shitty diner, though. Uh, she's a bartender later on, though. But mm-hmm. not. No, she's yet. A, but she's a server in a diner in season two. Oh, that's true. In the for in my the dinner with in, my dinner with Abed. Yeah, in the Pulp Fiction episode, but like the Pulp Fiction episode, but we never hear about that ever she's again. She's a part-time diner server, and who knows how recent that job is. Sure, I, sure. You know, I don't know how much the show supports it, but my headcanon is that now Brit, I, I, I think Britta is in some degree of sex work. I and, think it's more than likely that. She does delve into sex work, but she mostly propagates herself as a waiter. Yeah, a, a server, a bartender, one of those jobs, but... But let's be honest, don't, don't, especially at the time that this was filmed, pay the fucking bills. Yeah, uh, in, you know, <laughs> do you think a bartender in Greendale is really, like, bringing home uh, uh, the bank? Shit. <laughs> yeah, like not even like a Denver bartender, like a Greendale, Colorado bartender. Uh, and uh, I, I'm just uh, Denver's that was a wonderful my, place. <laughs> that was my new theory. Denver is what? Well, oh, Denver is a beautiful place. Colorado is the most beautiful state in the Shouts Union. Shouts out! I would, I would love to live in Colorado someday. Uh, but you love know, to live anywhere but the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, uh, get on that intermountainary time. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so Dude. I'm glad I'm glad you both were reasonably on board for my new uh, <laughs> Britta Perry theory, which has well, consumed about twenty percent of my brain space <laughs> for the last like two weeks. I mean, that also kind of humanizes her in a weird sense, uh, right? She's complicated. Complicated should, character. I, I we could have an entire episode about Britta herself. Oh, and I plan to. Um, Good. I we should invite I am some women. At hundred percent. But I am at. Let's see. 4,262 words into an essay about Britta Perry, and we're not done. Like, we're, we're still... 4,262... Kevin, that is longer than any essay I wrote in college. Uh-huh. Well, this, unlike the essays I wrote in college, I care about this one. <laughs> <laughs> that, I like is that is a sentiment that is beyond real, friend. Oh, no, oh, yeah. the longest document I, that. I ever wrote in my life was after I graduated, because I cared about it yeah oh yeah i write i write 2500 to 5000 word articles like every couple of weeks <laughs> and it's yeah. like yeah it's because i give a shit about this game and my right. wife my wife's never like this my mom's like why didn't you do that at school and i'm like what was i gonna write about <laughs> the george washington me- i hate him <laughs> fuck that guy man those weren't wooden teeth those were slaves teeth <laughs> oof <laughs> Don't do that while Kev's drinking. I mean, you're not you're not wrong. You just like your timing was rude. That's all. It's a fact at this point that we all know. But like every time it hits you, you're like Jesus fucking uh, Christ, uh, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. My other George favorite Washington. one is Thomas Jefferson had a secret room where he kept his sex slave. Right. <laughs> like mm. yeah. <laughs> 
Hamilton now on DP. Uh, let's segue into... Stop it! Don't call it that! <laughs> let's segue into our second episode of the of the episode. Uh, season 2, episode 13, Celebrity Pharmacology, directed by Fred Goss, or Goss, uh, written by Hilary Winston. Uh, the Greendale folks put on a drug play, and Pierce's ego will not prevent him from becoming the star of the show. And things go... As awry as you would imagine, the the really exciting like themes that they play. Oh, this is one of my favorite Chang episodes. Yeah, this is a dark fucking episode. This is a pitch black fucking comedy episode. With the Pierce and Annie kind of plot going on. Uh huh. Dark. (laughs) It's like in this watch through for me. I'm like, this is kind of upsetting in a way I hadn't really like viewed it. Like this is really like like well, walter white poisoning the kid upsetting that you're like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i think it's also we're at a point where i mean uh first of all accountability exists in a new way than it did when any of this show was recorded mm-hmm. uh which we've talked about in depth actually several times uh Indeed. but also some of the specific ways that accountability has manifested in popular culture if you would even consider it that have to do with taking advantage of power and money in producers you know hollywood but this is intended to be a microcosm and a commentary on that it is a little um it's a little hypocritical coming from a dan Harmon show but you know like or extremely self-aware hence it's being good I don't think he was self-aware at this point. I, we're in season two. I'd like to give him benefit of the doubt, but I ain't going to give right. him there. You're right. Movie, you know? You're this right. is You're too right. early. Right. He's not really. And let's be honest. We just found out it was written by a woman. So it's clear something is going on. Um, something fouls afoot. Some, some things, how you say, afoot. But like, it's... What, son? <laughs> had that that Bill uh, Connolly like <laughs> rasp at the end, but just sorry, it I had to point out how well that nailed it for me. So, thank, thank you so you. much. I thank really you for that. that. Um, I am a performer first. That is what I do. No, uh, it, <laughs> it's it's a good episode to talk about. I mean, also just looking at the, the uh, maybe this is just because it's me and my own family dynamic, but looking at the idea of like what money plays with con- how money affects control, you know, and using a quote father figure kind of perspective, you know, further manipulating behaviors of people. Um, it's really wild because let's let's get real heady, right? In the circumstance of Pierce, who we know abuses medications due to earlier on in the season, we can consider his use of money as a manipulative effort as a parallel to drugs, you know? Why did you have to make yourself sound Keanu Reeves for that didn't work? (laughs) Because it's just, it's just absurd enough. (laughs) I think it, it, I think it, I think it checks out. I think it only adds to the, to the point because this, this episode you know, we're working with, like, oh, a bad school drug play. Like, every sitcom has done this exact setup. The sure. thing Not that, as good as this. Not yeah, as well as the, this one. The thing that takes community up to another plane of existence is, like, how dark and upsetting this episode is. And, like, Chang coming out is like, I'm gonna fry a dog and eat your mama's face. 
I'm going to wear your skin like pajamas. It's wild. Also, I love the I love <sighs> Dean coming in at the end. Wow. Just just commenting on the accidental meaning of it all. Uh, quick question. After you're done with all this, what are you doing with the bee costumes? It's just... <laughs> oh, like, just in the beginning when Troy's but like... as you can see, I already have plans. <laughs> Troy's like, are you sure that my costume was on backwards? <laughs> and he's like, really like, yeah, he's like, I was feeling confident. And then the dean comes in and then leaves and he's like, why does he get to wear his backwards? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's a good bit. It's a good, it's a bit. good bit. These like the stinger was a phallus. Oh, it was a peen. Oh, it was uh, what my dad called a Jimmy Carter. <laughs> Your dad sounds like a strange man, Kevin. It, it was a. Uh, that's a community quote. Um, oh, okay. Never it's, mind. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It was uh, like, do I to talk? It. <laughs> it was. Uh, it's from. Uh, I. Th- Think talk about my dad like when that. I think when the dean no you can talk bad about my dad all you want go for it fucking <laughs> break out the baseballs and the Charleston shoes I do not give a shit the only um, good dad I know is Caleb yeah <laughs> daddy host daddy host bang bang <laughs> oh why um, I turned to Yosemite fucking Sam bang, bang. I like Varmint we stay we stand Yosemite, Yosemite Sam is a t-shirt waiting to happen. Adding it to the merch store. Adding it to my newly opened merch store. Are you doing store. that? Are you actually doing a merch store? I would it's love open. that. It's open. It's currently. open currently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the first. I opened it earlier today. This is the first episode Taking recording. Taking orders now. Post you were sending us show. images of the stuff and I was having a fit. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. So uh, I was going to save this for the end, but you can go over to, to Zazzle. Z-A-Z-Z-L-E. Uh, go over to the TV's Kevin Lanigan or TV's Kevin store over there. You can get yourself a series of mugs that I think are very funny. Uh, don't talk to me until I've had my special drink. Don't talk to me until I've had my no-no juice. And don't talk to me until I've had my nitrogen-cooled cylinder of hyperviral sperm. Uh, you can get them all uh, for like 15 bucks. I say go for it. Uh, but anyway, I will update you when I come up with new stupid community. So you can get a button that says Butts Carlton or a watch that says Butts Carlton. The watch that says Butts Carlton is the one that fucking sent me. I saw that and I <laughs> myself. Uh, just 45 short dollars. Uh, but, but this this is, for me, probably like a, a mid-tier episode of community. Like it doesn't... It doesn't fall into the like the real downslope, but it kind of sits nicely there in the middle. But there are it's just pressing. these these pressing. moments. Jeff saying "screw you, Abed" over and over when Abed doesn't say anything, which is kind of Abed's role in both of these episodes is to be like a sounding board for weird people to interpret their own <laughs> mental issues back off of him. Uh, it's a good bit. It's a it's, a, it's an excellent bit. Uh, the weird psychosexual relationship with uh, Britta's niece or Britta's nephew. <laughs> it's so deeply strange. This is also, I it's think it, very good. This is also a great episode where you finally start to realize, oh shit, Pierce is a villain. This is, I think, when it first, like, it's, This you is know, the pivot. This We're the- going down the road, but yeah, this is the pivot for sure. Because the, the next time- episode like is strong Bruce yeah. Wayne vibes in this episode. 100%. But what if I Cause... just paid for it and then put my name on it? Next time I come to Dildopolis, <laughs> I will not be saying hello. Uh, but this is this episode. 
And then the episode immediately following this is Dungeons and Dragons. So at yeah. this point, we have taken like a wax seal on the Pierce is a villain this season arc. We literally and went, we slammed were like, we it were down. Like, Pierce is a teddy bear, not two episodes ago. Two episodes right? ago. For Christmas. And then we're like, Pierce is just kind of like, he's easily swayed by food, continuing from the Christmas episode with the kettle corn. And then we're like, this guy kind of sucks. And then we're like, no, this guy really fucking sucks. This guy um, fucking sucks, dude. Fucking sucks, dude. Fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the, uh, that's the, everyone's just one bad day away from being just like me is what the Joker oh said. Oh my God. I think, <laughs> like, you know, uh... I mean, I just wanted to trigger Kev, and it worked so much better than I thought it would. Well, hey, we, I mean, that's a good full circle, though. We were talking about Batman earlier. <laughs> the thing about the Joker sure, that people, like, true. don't understand is that, like, he thinks crime is funny. And that's fucked up, dude. This clown is fu- Normally, clowns are funny. He's <laughs> this, not funny. This, this, <laughs> I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> this, this character bit, I don't know why it's tickling me, but I, I love it. No, I, my favorite take is that the Joker is just honestly a hardcore anti-capitalist and he really just does not stand. Well, tell me, why the fuck is it that Bruce fucking Wayne has got <laughs> all this money and instead of taking that money and putting it in towards, you know, dismantling institutions of oppression and inequalities, he's out here beating up poor people at night because right. they're trying to get by. Sounds like a fucking cop to me. I don't know. I called him a sky cop not one hour ago. You did. That's that's true. You did call him. He is a he is a sky cop. Uh, The I love the argument of like Bruce Wayne is the real villain because he should give his money to the poor people, which is correct. But that sounds like a really fucking boring comic book. That comic book sucks shit, dude. (laughs) I wouldn't read that shit. I don't want to read that. I want to read Batman. Pew pew punch punch. Well, the reason why it would be bad is because there it would solve. All of the conflict, and there is no such thing as a good story without conflict. Right, Batman would not have just celebrated his 80th anniversary. He would have had one issue and been done. Right, you could do like a six shot where it's like by the end he's like, I'm actually donating all my 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 money and resources into you know uh, jail jail funds and you know making sure that you know poor people actually have money and I'm gonna house the rest of the city off of my wall. Like boom, done. Six shot over. Nailed it. To come back. Right. You know? if, if Batman begins and vendetta, ends. Fix it up at the end of the big run, you're done. Yeah. If uh, if Batman begins ends not with him going like, I don't have to save you. Instead, like, he's riding the monorail, just like throwing money out the sides of the windows. Uh, <laughs> Would have been a good flick. IMHO. I love that. I love I so like here's... To think of Batman having like a six shot where the first, uh, first book is Batman Begins and then. Number six is Batman Ends. I think that's a great. <laughs> be, I I read that ten out of ten. I mean, I mean, that's technically exactly what those movies were, though. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> You're right. I'd like to posit something. Go ahead. Do it. Um, my friends literally and I had this conversation this week, so it's wild that we're talking about Batman and his philanthropy, mm-hmm. uh, or. Right, he's a he's a philanthropist or a philanderer, one of the two. Well, um, big philanthropy is its own fucking thing. Blah blah. Well, blah, blah, blah. so the argument was that like, why doesn't he just do these things for this for the city, right? But that's the problem, is he does do them, but right. he also uses all the so he's extremely progressive. 
um, so progressive that he's mm-hmm. almost like 1984. Let's just watch everybody. Um, but that's essentially yeah. what he's done. No, yeah, except for he, he, he's he's he has insurance. He has like insurance yeah. support and healthcare support and orphanages and support for the homeless and all of these things that he builds into his city. And then he uses those things and the installation of those things to create an Intel dragnet for Batman. <laughs> so yeah. like, yes, he's a good person and helps his city in giant quotation marks painted in giant black ink. But he uses all those systems to make it easier to beat the shit out of people. So basically, sure. you're saying that DC has created a universe where even if you do everything properly, um, the stuff that is caused by inequity still exists for no apparent reason other than for <laughs> Batman to kick the shit out of it? Yeah, because Batman's, you know, just a kid who thinks that he's helping, but in reality is just That's making everything man. worse. I don't like Batman being referred to as a kid. I don't know... That's a grown ass man. That's a grown ass. That's an adult. (laughs) That man owns a fucking business. That's an adult. That's a that's a business. Um, Owning a business does not an adult make. Look at our president. Sorry, move on. (laughs) Got him. Fucking boom. Got him. Uh, I think it is. um, It is very interesting that as much as we all uh, made fun of it when it came out. Uh, the Dark Knight Rises is actually a very interesting portrait of uh, rich people in America where they leave the place in ruins by starting a problem and then they just fuck off to another country when they're done with this one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. They they start a problem, the poor rise up against them, and they're like, all right, I'm going to move to Europe. See you later. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> All right, I'm done. done here. My work here is done, <laughs> <Dust> Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we yeah. both put the dust in our hands at the same time. 100%. 100%. Uh, so <laughs> let's let's segue into uh, our little what are these? weekly rankings. Uh, uh, bumpers? Yeah, for the... What are the tags. end tags for these Please episodes? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember at all. I also don't remember. Oh, sh- uh, well, one is the celebrity pharmacology one is Annie in her apartment over Dildopolis uh, <laughs> getting a blue light sale, getting all the sales broadcast to her while she's trying to sleep. Um, yeah. So, uh, that you know, one it's- I would qualify as world building, but not necessarily <laughs> like it's it's one of those where it's like, oh, my understanding of the universe has expanded. But it's not one of those that I'm like, I look back fondly and go, damn, that's a really great end tag. Like, you know, it's it's good, but it's like, you know, it's good. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I wouldn't uh, even so- argue it's more just average than good. There's... Yeah, it's it, no, I, it's okay. fine. Let, I let, get let, it. Let me, They're doing that. When I say it's good, I'm saying it. And take, this tone is everything I need. It's it's good. Oh, uh, your tone uh, is the. It's all right. It's good. It's, I get it's you. all right. You I know, get you. I, I, get you. I get I get, I get the joke. They're acting like they are Walmart doing a sale, but they're Dildopolis doing a sale. Sure. I get it. I, I get it. I understand. It works. It. Look, hey, uh, it works. You know, it gets works. You from point a to point so let's. No. It's not as good as Coppelgangers. Nope. Maybe, all right, so in the network of other plot-based end tags, why did he call me is our current mm. number 27. Does this become our new number 27? <laughs> slightly better than that one? 20, I think it's slightly worse than that one. Because oh. <laughs> why did he call me? I laugh more I laugh more at Virtual Yearbook than I do at this one. Ooh. Yeah. 
With yeah, because virtual yearbooks, them going through the yearbook. And I don't know any of these people. To everybody looking at it as characters we've never seen. And I'm no, like, I don't know real. any of these people. Damn. Damn. Oh, but uh, then there's Pencil Mouth. Oh, Pencil Mouth. Oh, Sleepy Troy, where Abed's reading him the science books. Not as good as oh, that. That's good. Traitor Audition. Uh, that's where they're auditioning for the cool you study group. Oh, oh. It's uh, They do the Spanish rap again, and then starburn says you know we'll we'll call you and then and then pierce which one's which one's ymc chang because it might be right around there it's when he gets robbed at the ymca he just like walks out of the shower to his locker sees he's been robbed and walks away i'm gonna say this one is just below ymc chang because it gives me that same it's just below it well actually maybe just above it Lower. <laughs> I don't know. Dildopolis I, I, at least wrote jokes. You know what I mean? Like, there's at least like some <laughs> gags. All right, look. Dildopolis. There's two other boats. I'm just giving jokes. you my general vicinity. I understand. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think no less of you. Uh, I would put it above YMC Chang at like the new number thirty-two, probably. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Okay. Dildopolis. Yeah, I'm okay with this. Done. Dildo. Police. And then Fuck. the other one is Troy Abbott <laughs> in the job, morning. Good job, Jace. You just ruined it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I didn't realize it until it was too late. Yeah, Dildo. Dildo. Police. Dildo. Fuck. Fuck. Shit. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one is Troy Abbott in the morning with Rich, where they're making kettle oh. corn. Oh. It's, just, it's like a morning show, dude. I love it so much. It's nice. Oh, this is like the one time that Troy Abbott in the morning, like, works like it's actually... oh you don't like it yeah i might take extreme offense to what you just said but please finish. <laughs> no, no 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 sorry not works as in like is actually landing as in like it's the one time where it feels like it's actually a morning talk show oh like, okay sure. okay no, like it's like they're like we're gonna talk about this turtle and you're like the fuck or it's like yeah, Just Rich like, is super into it which really helps like he's also hey, completely he's... on board <laughs> I would pay to watch a full episode of Try It Abed in the morning. Sure. Um, I, would, I would watch a show that was 10 minutes at every morning. <laughs> Try It Abed in the right. morning. I would, watch, I would watch that. That'd be a great way to start the day. There was there was this, I think it was a Funny or Die original called The Early Show or something like that. And it had Ben Schwartz, who was, yeah, was John Ralphio, and, and Lauren Lapkus. And it was just you like... Know, it was good. Five episodes as like Ben Schwartz goes through a divorce and like melts he, he, down he, day by day. He proposes to his girlfriend oh, and she right. says no. Right. And then it's this whole. <laughs> right. Obviously, not as like, I don't want anything I'm bad so, to happen to I Troy or Abed, but I would watch something like that with them. Uh, yeah. But as far as these yeah. rankings, it's better than In the Morning with Starburns. Right. All right. So now we're creeping. Yes. Yes. Is it better than Oh Christmas Troy though? Oh, see, it's interesting that Oh Christmas Troy is now at thirteen because that to me is like the beginning of the like iconic level. Sure, anything above Oh Christmas Troy is is like next oh, level, like, and we we do it. already yeah. have another Troy and Abed in the morning at number two. So like, if we're worried about the maintaining its space, we're okay. Also, number eleven is Troy and Abed in stop motion. Like we've got yeah. That's not a, a in the morning, but I do know what you're saying. I, yeah, it's the same tune. This, so I, I, I give yeah, it. Yeah, this is not it's as mean. It's not the format. It's not as good as right. Pierce poop rap. <laughs> poopoo in my heart. Poopoo in his pants and poopoo in my heart. 
Uh, yeah, I... Is it as good as A Christmas Troy? No, probably not. I would put it above In the Morning with Starburns. Yeah. For the wholesome factor, but Oh Christmas Troy is also wholesome and just mm-hmm. just heartwarmingly fabulous. I the thing here And I like that Oh good, Christmas Troy is singular. Status. Oh Christmas Troy, there's just the one and it sticks in your mind forever and you love it. Right, exactly. We get and as a far bunch as, of as far as Troy and Abed in the morning, Rich doesn't do much to like make it more iconic. It's just a really good incident. Yeah. You know? Like it's a really great one of those. I'd put it at the new 14. But that's my vote. I, I would probably agree. People. Caleb? Caleb? Daddy? Yeah, I don't have an argument <laughs> against that choice. Long pause, long pause. Did you put, was there something you were thinking? Did you have it somewhere else? No, I was thinking of the, <laughs> this No Smells Like Special drink because earlier this week I did spill some scotch on something <laughs> and when I put it on later I went, this smells like special drink. And I was trying to remember what shirt it was because it was also ironic. Yeah. I don't remember which shirt it was. So was, it one I'm of sorry. Your, was it one of your baby's shirts? <laughs> no, it was one of my shirts. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, remember, you can get your special drink mug at zazzle.com slash store slash TV's Kevin. Nice. 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 Seamless. Good no one saw a thing. Fuck yeah. Uh, great. Great one. Uh, <laughs> don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. So we are talking about benchmarks. <laughs> uh, we are sliding in here uh, to the episode rankings. Uh, oh, we begin with Asian population studies. I'm looking somewhere. Are not between like number eleven is accounting for lawyers. Number thirteen is football, feminism, and you. Something right there, maybe like the next one down above messianic myths. Maybe, maybe below that. Maybe just below that. Yeah, that's yeah. That's basically I, what I'm looking at. Yeah, right. It's, yeah. This is this is like we're still at like season two status of being fucking amazing, right. but also as far as in comparison to the god tier level right. episodes we've just done, it's not quite there, but it's still an incredible episode. So yeah, I could I could I could, I could like down with that. Like nothing in Down-to-climb. this is as good as Troy's. Uh, politically conservative fight raps. It just isn't. Like, it, there's just nothing in this episode Ping that is pong, that good. Sing along. Your team's Al Gore because your views are wrong. Incredible. <laughs> will always be so funny. Good. Will always will be will always funny. be funny. I sing it randomly, actually. 100%. All right. Yes. I'll do it while playing Call of Duty with friends who do not watch this show. <laughs> team's Al Gore because your views are wrong. I'll do it to my partner and they'll be like, what are you? Oh, oh right. right. Yes. This dumb, yeah. what? That oh. is the, uh, the experience. <laughs> oh, of, yeah. You're a like, fucking nerd. Are about Al Gore? And then they, and they go, uh, oh, it's right. community, right? And I go, yeah. 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 And the number of times that my wife has been like, what? Oh, yeah. You're a fucking nerd. Like, yeah. just <laughs> also, uh, Jace. And I'm uncountable. <laughs> Jace, I might cut this out, but it is also exceptionally funny that you would sing to your partner about Al Gore. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, Caleb, I'll explain yeah, later. <laughs> Just the fact that you both like oh, reacted yeah. the way oh, you yeah. did. You'll feel right. too when we tell you why. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm excited. Uh, but anyway, uh, ranking this episode a about maybe above Messianic myths, new number fourteen. Sure, I don't. Mm. Why not? All right, I mm. I sit. Mm. Mm. Okay, Caleb's giving me some pushback. Ooh, ooh, pushback. Mm. Which one's first? Asian studies? Asian population studies. I could see it being anywhere here in this top 20. 
but like I I have no strong feelings about specifically where. See, Messianic Myths is interesting to me because it's that I'm, that I'm kind of fair weather on that episode. Sometimes it really fucking hits, mm-hmm. and sometimes I skip it. But like, it deserves to be where it is. But because of that, my brain feels like it should be below Debate One Hundred Nine. But well, football feminism and you. Mm. Yes, but mm. but but football feminism and you has yeah. A lot going football for football feminism in you has. Well, you're supposed to be a football player. It's in your. It's in your soul. Uh, you know, like it, you. Yeah. Oh fuck! But it's oh, racist. Fuck. It's cool. That's racist. It's in your eyes. That's gay. That's, that's homophobic. That's black. That's that's racist. racist. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Could you like this? Nothing in this episode is as good as. This episode comes close the, to that. Yeah. So I'm, I would put it maybe I'm, just I'm, below it because this episode gets close. The thing is. That uh, that rapport in that episode is like one of the best quippy back and forths in the whole show entirety of community. Yeah, <laughs> but this episode, while it manages to be just like really consistent throughout it, what it excels at is getting close to that kind of rapport throughout the whole episode. Sure. So yeah. I would put it just below that. Yeah, sure. that is justifiable. It passes. Ah, uh, passes muster. <laughs> well, passes yeah. test. Yeah. Hurry up and rank this other one. I have to pee. I'm sorry. You can go pee now. That's a good editor. You can pee. Really. Yeah, you can pee. <laughs> I can. That's true. A thing I'm uniquely good at is taking a, an expansive blank space and getting rid of it in an <laughs> audio timeline. I'll be right back. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, Caleb, we can start kicking around celebrity pharmacology if you'd like, uh, or we can badmouth Jay Spinder back. <laughs> Uh, not the second one. Um, hmm. I'm bad at that. Celebrity pharmacology. This is not... There yeah. are parts of this episode I really like, but I, it just never has taken itself up to another plane for me. So, like, I'm... It's also, like, one of those episodes that, as I mentioned before, I can skip some episodes. Sure. This episode ends up being that sometimes because, like... It is such a deeply personal betrayal of Shirley's trust. Yeah. Not even the betrayal of trust, but, like, there's better ways for what happens in this episode to be told to somebody. Mm-hmm. And so every time it happens, I'm always like, ugh. Damn. <laughs> it makes me feel really gross. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, that does, I don't mean to say that to take away from the episode, because it is still an interesting episode. Do you know what I mean, though? You feel me? You 100%. Get what I'm trying to, 100%. I, d- I that, do get you. Like... Uh, you know, let's talk about the Shirley pregnancy storyline, something we've largely skipped around. Like, it serves, you know, we don't spend a ton of time on it. It's really just, like, four episodes throughout this season that get, like, a moderate amount of focus on Shirley, her pregnancy, or Andre. And so we don't, like, spend an overlong time amount. I just don't think it does Shirley any favors. It just never ends up helping that character in in a major way. Okay, I'm back. Yeah. All right, Jace is back. Enough of this yes, business. Yes, back. Back, Augie. Uh, all right, celebrity pharmacology. Like, I'm looking down here at, like, romantic expressionism, which is they watch Kick Puncher. That's when they try to convince Troy that he likes Annie. And I just don't think it's as good as that one. I this this ah this is this one's complicated for me. The second half of this episode is so fucking good. Really good. good. It exists. It exists. It's weird because this this episode. Stick with me on this. This episode 
almost feels like it's from a different show than the rest of the show. Kinda, yeah. In the way that it's not in the character, the characters are spot on the show. These characters are if actually probably some of the most articulate characterizations of these characters in a lot of the show Mm -hmm. happen in this episode, but structurally it's so different than the rest of them. And I don't mean that in like, they're doing some fun stuff with structure like they do with ass crack bandit or with like chicken strips, whatever, you know, but like (laughs) this feels like, like a, like the tone is, the tone's different. No, you don't, but you know what I mean? It's not like the mafia episode. For sure. Yeah. I know exactly. So like this episode always resonates with me but it's never the first one to come to mind when i'm thinking of community because it it's an outlier mm-hmm. it's it's so insulary absolutely yeah Kev, remind me did i just go on a rant about why i sometimes skip this episode as if it was asian population yeah, you, studies you i uh, I, did I didn't want to say anything but yeah you you started talking about this episode <laughs> as like, if it was oh, the other oh, episode um, the other episode because i was like yeah. surely doesn't do anything in this episode nope. but okay nope. I was talking- <laughs> yeah my brain's dumb no you're all right my brain's dumb. Uh, oh, i guess okay. surely does like accept chang but i guess that is like she has some oh. nominal arc um <laughs> chang being like i'll be sure to tell him you said that weird bit such a <laughs> and then she stares bit. into her eyes such a weird ah! bit uh chang really like kind of saves this episode for me Saves it from being, it, it, like, one I outright weirdest. don't like. Yeah. It's one of the weirdest... Because it's, like, a heel turn, but not a heel turn. Right? Like, it's a Chang face shows turn. Up, yeah. And it's like, I'll do it. And you're like, you're like, what? Did someone then, say, crazy person? <laughs> I realized... Steps out and it's like, do you think I was going to stay the same forever? I was like, yo, Whoa. that's a really... About drugs. Like we were saying earlier, this is a pivot episode for Pierce. I think it's also <laughs> fundamentally a pivot episode for Chang. Because yeah. we start to see <laughs> I what's what's the quote from the beginning? I now see I uh, see your value the, now. <laughs> I, your, I see your value now. And as an audience, we're going, Oh, we see the value of Chang yeah. somehow. I couldn't sure. I couldn't quantify it in words. Nor could I tell uh, three hours before watching this episode how it was going to happen. But it happened. In the end of this episode, you've gone from thinking of Pierce as the good guy and Chang as the bad guy. And now you're thinking of Chang as a good guy and Pierce as the bad guy. Sure. Yeah, I I feel that. Um, And that's why for me, you know, it doesn't go down here with like basic genealogy or some episode that i outright dislike but looking in the network of aerodynamics of gender psychology of letting go other episodes from this season that are quite interesting but just don't stick the landing which is fine they have so many brilliant episodes this season the next episode that we're about to watch is like I'm going to fight for it being our new number two. So like, it just kind of lives in this lower trajectory for me. It has good points. It has failings as well. All right. I have questions for the team. Yeah. English as a second language highlights. Uh, Chang's guitar smashing Jeff's Honda. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The reappearance of the Coppelgangers. Reappearance of Coppelgangers. Annie's Disney eyes. They'll always flutter, but they'll never actually close. (laughs) It's so good. <laughs> and then, and then he's like, and then, and then Abed's like, it's okay, kind of. And <laughs> Jeff's like, she's like, she's the Ark of the Covenant. And he's like, oh. <laughs> good bit. Very good. 
Uh, and romantic expressionism. What are the highlights of that one? I know that one's they're watching Kick Puncher. And then the A story is uh, because of Vaughn, Jeff and Britta try to convince Troy that he likes Annie. I have the weirdest boner. Uh, you know, you might oh, remember right. that. I line. have the just, weirdest boner. <laughs> we're just talking about this. Um, ha cha cha. Yeah, I would. Um, I think this one, maybe this one is above aerodynamics of gender for me, but below romantic expressionism. That's probably where I'd put it. Yeah, that makes sense. Par excellence episode. What's aerodynamics of gender? Which episode is that? That's the, the oil spill one? Yeah, no, psychology of letting go is oil spill. Aerodynamics of gender is the Hillary Duff episode and the secret trampoline episode. Oh, oh actually, can I, can I? Oh, unprecedented. I I think celebrity pharmacology might be just below trampoline. I could definitely agree to that. It's a that's a tight one actually. I could I'm 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 my brain is currently flip flopping between I think I'm gonna put aerodynamics of gender first, just because that one's got some pretty iconic shit going down. Um, The the reveal of Joshua is racist. Yeah, exactly. Either Kev knew exactly what I was going to do, or I knew exactly where Kev was going to go. 100%. And there's just, I like the Chang pull at the end of this episode. It's not as good as the, oh my god, Joshua's racist. Came out of nowhere. So we get ice cream, my white guilt is doing somersaults. Yeah, all right. Bingo. Celebrity Farm, our new number 23. 23. Final answer. Lock it in. Lock it in. Excellent. Uh, love a uh, <laughs> who wants to be a millionaire reference. Thank you. Slumdog. Thank you. Uh, so we uh, now segue into a little section at the end of the show that we like to call plugs. I've already done it uh, a couple times, so I'll just <laughs> start. Uh, new Zazzle store for community merch. Z a z z l e dot com slash store slash TV's Kevin, and you can find all of my dumb uh, community uh, related mugs and watches and shit that I'm gonna put out. Uh, and uh, it, you will have to remove the content filters to see the Pierce's sperm mug, but I encourage you to do so. Uh, I, Mr. Winger, I give you this glass of fine scotch, so you are not tempted to drink this cylinder of even finer sperm. Uh, I'm good. just laughing about that episode, which I will fight for like top five all-time episodes of Community. But anyway, that is a long way from now. Uh, besides that, follow the show on the Twits at Greendale3 and follow me at TV's Kevin Lanigan. Uh, and stay tuned. I got a thing that I'm working on that will be, uh, we'll have some details on relatively soon. Uh, so just stay tuned to those spheres because I'm working on some stuff. But on to you folks. Oh, is this coming to me? <laughs> Are you coming anyone- to me? <laughs> if, anyone, if anyone understood the Vine reference I just made... You're my new best friend. Yeet. Okay, so, um, uh, <laughs> yes, I remember how to do it. Um, so, uh, I'm so lost. I, road work ahead. Uh, yeah, I sure hope it does. It, I sure I'm gonna, hope I'm gonna, it I'm gonna, does. Kevin, I'm going to send you the link to this. Okay, uh, cool, cool, cool. I'll send it in the, 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 the which vine this is. Sure, thank you. This kid with a fucking bong, and someone hands it to him, and he goes, oh, is this coming to me? And he goes, yes, I remember how to do it. 
and then he blows into it and the water goes everywhere. It's hysterical. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. That's it's so good. It's a great That's one. Fine. Anyway, uh, so this time I'm going to do uh, – mm-hmm. so – I'm going to give a shout out to another podcast, actually, that I think you should love. Uh, it's nowhere near even remotely similar to what we're doing, so don't you worry. That's fine. It's, it's not called, competition. No competition. It's not a competition. It's called Is It Transphobic? And it's hosted by oh, the shit. lovely Ashley Lauren Rogers. I got to work with her uh, when we – one of the first shows I did in uh, New York, actually – she was, I believe she uses she and they pronouns, um, unless something has shifted, which is possible. Um, but uh, she was the fight choreographer, and she's got this great background in, like, wrestling, and she's super cool. She has a podcast called Is It Transphobic, where, uh, with a guest, the, basically, they go over queer discourse, over, you know, representation in, you know, pop culture or otherwise, and it's a great time. Love Ashley. Um, but that also, as I mentioned earlier, I am a performer. Uh, I am a musical theater performer by trade most of the time, although being non-binary is an interesting intersection with that world, especially post-COVID. I digress. Uh, go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Jason Ziv. That's J-A-C-E-N-Z-I-E-V. Uh, and my most recent post is actually me singing a little clip for Playbill recently did a a, a search kind of thing, uh, and it's since closed. And I don't know if they're actually paying attention to views on it, but if you want to hear me sing some pop punk, uh, that's where you can find it. Uh, so yeah, that's my plug. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a shit to plug, honestly, legitimately. Still making content based on games. Still trying to make. Even cooler shit there. My grandma and I are doing our podcast again about games. Like, you know how to find me. You know where to find me. Um, and support, keep supporting Beirut. Because, mm-hmm. yo, they hurt. We're lucky that less people than I thought were going to have lost their lives in that incident. Actually lost their lives. But we are still extremely, uh, it's still extremely unfortunate how many people were Sometimes, man, sometimes a year just has a lot of boxes it wants to cross off. And sometimes those boxes are good boxes. This year is not one of those years. Nope. No, it's not. We will be back uh, next week uh, with... I don't want to announce anything just yet because we haven't put voices to audio track. Uh, But one way or another, it'll be something special uh, coming to you next week on the feed. Uh, and, uh, and we are still cruising through season two. We'll be done before you know it, really. Uh, wow, we, yeah, we're one, trucking two, along. Three, four, six more episodes to record about community season two. Uh, and it's, uh, bangers all the way down, basically. Uh, but until then, pop, 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 toots and magootsin. Da-ba-da-ba, I can't, I feel sad singing this knowing that Biden picked a cop as his VP. I don't know if that's related. (laughs) It's affecting the way that I... This is the most fucking impotent I've been at the end of one of these. (laughs) Like, song breaks. Unbelievable. I was drinking. Unbelievable. I'm so sorry, Caleb. All cops are bastards. Annie Edison is a cop. Officer Kukowski is a cop. All cops are bastards. Annie Edison is a fed. Remember? Annie Edison is a fed. Which is 
better? Yo, that's it's not better. I think no, that's what I'm saying. It's 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 a different kind of evil. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, One's like demon, the other's like Lucifer. If, if we did not lose <laughs> every Jeff Annie shipper already, our insistence on calling Annie Edison a cop will surely <laughs> lose the rest of them. Although I do get it because I do love Annie. I I'm love just Annie. So disappointed. I love I'm, I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. This has been a Talkback Podcast. That was quite a show.